Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Redeemed Women podcast. I'm your host, Paige Bierman. Apologies for the later than usual release for this week's episode, but we had an issue with the audio on my introduction. I'll record a better one that's more fitting for my amazing guest, Stephanie Kling, sometime this week. Until then, here's our interview. I hope you enjoy. I say this like every single beginning of podcast, Mm -hmm. and it's always true. But I am really excited to Thanks talk. for having me. This is my first podcast experience. Um, you're well-versed in podcasts, though. I am. You, I am a podcast I know you lover. Listen. You actually, I don't know if you know this, you got me into it. I remember. Oh. I, like, never listened to podcasts. And then I had John. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, I need some, like, material. Yeah. I need some. And I think it. It started as mom material, mm-hmm. and then it went from there. And I knew that you listened to podcasts, and you had some favorites. And I remember you sending me some. I do. I have to stop myself from starting a lot of sentences with the words mm-hmm. I heard on this podcast uh-huh. once. That's like, like I have life. to stop myself because <clears throat> people will find that annoying. Mm-hmm. But they're they're so helpful because they're these like little bits of goodness. Yes, they're not too long. I also love audiobooks, but podcasts are nice because they're just like this. Yes. Little thing you can listen on the way to work or while you're doing laundry or whatever. Yeah. And like, at least the season I'm in right now, mm-hmm. I used to read a lot before bed, but now like I get in bed and I'm gone. Like there is yeah, no reading right. before bed. And so like right. long form reading, I'm desperately trying to get back into it. In fact, yeah. I have three brand new books sitting on my coffee table right now. Nice. Oh yeah. I'm really excited about them. Um, but it's just hard. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for me to like fit in the like sit down time. And I'm not someone who can like consume things while chaos is going on around me. Like right. I need quiet. Right. And that just doesn't happen. Well, and if you don't get something on a podcast or hear it, it's fine. You just yeah. press the rewind 30 seconds and you're yeah. good to go. Totally. You know? um, well, but for real, I am super excited to talk to you. My former Thanks. home group leader, my friend. Oh, man. <sighs> Well, as I was thinking about being on here, I was like, this is a really good thing. I never mm-hmm. like to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good practice of taking the time, almost like practicing the discipline of remembering and celebrating. Mm-hmm. And I think this really helped me do that because oh, good. I don't often take the time to sit and reflect on, I mean, sometimes I do, but to like really think through the story of our school, what yeah. God's been doing, what he's been teaching me. Because, I mean, I could talk for hours on that. Um, and I think this has been really good. It's it's a good thing to remember and celebrate. So, well, I'm excited. I'm excited. I've obviously heard some of the story. I've heard, right. like, different pieces. Yeah. But I'm excited to have it, like, all in one place. You'll get as much as you want, Paige. Feel okay, free. great. Okay, great. Um, before we dive into CDS and all that it entails, mm-hmm. um. Will you tell us just a little bit about you, Stephanie Kling, your family, upbringing, all that stuff? Okay, so I'm from New Orleans, Mm -hmm. and um, my mom started going to this church in our neighborhood, a little Presbyterian church, Woodland Presbyterian. And when I was in, like, maybe late elementary, early middle school, she started really going and being invested and, you know, would bring me and my brother. My dad never really went. Um... And I started getting involved, and I will never forget being in the kitchen, and we got a knock on the door. Maybe I had, like, not been going for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think I was, like, in the seventh grade, 
and it was one of the youth leaders and he came to our house to invite me to youth group and youth group then was like my life and those were my people my parents ended up getting divorced when I was in high school and our church just like they were our family like my youth minister my youth leaders they just really poured into me and were the best people ever um they were our community so it was really sweet um when I was in high school my youth minister wanted to go on a college trip and he found this school that sounded like Stanford it was Samford and it was my senior year wonder where that's going yeah we went to all these little colleges in the south and he like none of us had known about it nobody from my high school Mm -hmm. had ever been to Samford or heard of Samford and we went on the tour I stepped out of the youth group van and I was like oh my gosh I'm supposed to go here it was like the craziest thing and had you had plans to go somewhere else yet like, I mean, did you just assume you're going to LSU or something? Yeah, it would have been real easy and financially a lot better for me to go yeah. to LSU. I didn't want to. I wanted something small. I, I felt there was a safety that I felt when mm-hmm. I stepped out of that van that I feel like I just needed at that point in my life and really felt the Lord's calling me like there were arrows like shooting into wow. that campus like it was crazy i filled out the application on the way home uh-uh oh, like yeah. on the youth group bus because at my school like you really needed to know where you were going at the end of your junior yeah. year like this was late in the game okay um and got in and my mom called that bursar's office to figure out some you know financial help or whatever like yeah um which i didn't really get but you know um, I can see why God wanted me to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like that part of the story, yeah. which then kind of leads into how I'm here at Redeemer. Yeah. Well, so, tell me. Freshman year of college, we were Stanford. I don't know if they still do this. It's been a really long time since I've been there. I am one of the older people at Redeemer. Um, they used to give out this church directory and me and my roommate were like flipping through it. I don't know that they do church directory, okay. but they definitely do some kind of like fair because okay. um, Craig and Chase have set up a Redeemer booth before. Okay. And I, yeah. That's really fun. This was yeah. like old school directory. Like a picture of the church. Here's the address. Totally. That kind of, oh, and so love that. me and some freshman girls on our hall went and visited Mountain Brook Community, mm-hmm. which used to be out on Montevallo Road back in the day. And um, we didn't go to the college Sunday school class. We just went to the service. Came back to our dorms, and by the time we got back to our dorms, I had a message from a woman named Lauren Brooks. And she was like, hey, I heard that there were some college students here. My husband, Joel, and I are the college Sunday school teachers. Um, We're living over at Seminary Housing at Sanford. Would y'all want to come over? It's Super Bowl Sunday, and we'd love to have you over for dinner. And so we were like free food. I mean, we just had to walk like right over to Seminary Housing and... We met Joel and Lauren that afternoon because what's crazy is we didn't even meet them at church. They, I think we must have like filled yeah. out cars that, and they were excited that there were some college that kids because like then people. there was there were not many. Yeah, I mean, maybe so that just must like have been a handful. fairly early in them like doing ministry and stuff there. Yes, but, yeah, and this would be around the time that they were thinking of moving out of okay. the country. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we went over to their house. Joel loves to tell this story. He told it at our like wedding rehearsal dinner that I spilled this gallon of milk all in their fridge. I've heard the story. Yep. Oh, man. But hey, I mean, here we are. I'm living across the street from them. And, (laughs) you know, 21 years later, 22 years later. Pastor Elder Rowe over there. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. Um, So, yeah. So then we started going to Mountain Brook Community. And I helped start, um, I mean, in my own 
freshman college way, sophomore college way, helped start UCF with them. And mm-hmm. um, we were part of this little original group of six girls and um, went to Mountain Brook Community for years and years mm-hmm. and then left Mountain Brook Community to go with Joel and Lauren to start Redeemer. So oh. we came with them to OG. start it. OG, here we are. Oh my gosh. Feels good. Um, I love just... It's been really fun because a lot of the people I've actually talked to this season yeah. have been like Samford UCF. Which um, is so crazy. Which is just really fun. It's been really fun to kind of hear about some of the older days of yes. Redeemer and even just like before Redeemer was even here, like these relationships that were right. being formed that are now like home group leaders and deacons and elders and right. just faithful, faithful members. So it's yeah. been really fun. Well, and like the first UCF, I mean, I think there were like less than 20 of us mm-hmm. and then it just started to grow and grow and grow and which is the story of Redeemer too. Yeah. Um, so it was a fun time to be there. And I invited James Kling to come with me to UCF, which Spoiler is alert. my future husband. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that those are all uh, such a fun time. Um, so kind of transitioning some, mm-hmm. for those who maybe don't know you, um, through like occupation and that kind of stuff, you are, what's your official title? I am co-head of school. Co-head of school. Founder and co-head of school, I guess you could say. Okay. Of Crestwood Day School. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of our ministry partners mm-hmm. here at Redeemer. Um, and so will you give me like a, a little, not a pitch, but you're like, brief little blurb if you will yeah. of like what is Crestwood Day School and I'll go back at some point and fill in the details there yes. of how we got started but Crestwood Day School is a small church school and we have 85 children this year there's 15 wow. teachers on staff teachers 85. and staff 85 we're a K through 8th we'll after this year will be a K through 6th we will just focus on elementary mm-hmm. school and we are a unique school in that we're more of a philosophy driven school mm-hmm. a philosophy driven school um, and we follow the philosophy of Charlotte Mason, who not many people know about, but um, she was a British educator in the late 1800s, and she wrote six volumes on education. Like, I mean, there is some dense, beautiful stuff in there. Yeah. Um, but just to kind of give you some highlights. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. like, how, who, who is Charlotte Mason? What are her, her philosophies? And how did you even come across <laughs> right. her? Well, Lauren Brooks. Uh, well, you know. So <clears throat> she, Lauren Brooks introduced me to this group of women that were reading through her volumes. Mm. And I'll get to that part of the story. But she introduced me to Charlotte Mason. Okay. And um, a lot of it is just like common sense stuff. There's nothing crazy. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Mason was a believer. So Jesus is a central part of the whole school. And she believed children were born persons. That's kind of like one of the first things that I fell in love with about the philosophy, yeah. that they're not these empty vessels to be filled. They are already filled. We're coming alongside them. Um, and so the way that we speak to them, discipline, have mm. classroom management, the books that we choose to read to them, what we want them to learn should reflect that they're born persons. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times things are dumbed down or children are belittled or talked to in a way that doesn't reflect that. So my one of my main goals at the school is that Children being persons is a central theme to the school. So it like elevates them. It does. And it's just a beautiful thing when it's done well. We're not perfect by any means. I'm thinking, you know, my kids aren't in school yet, but like even just as a parent, like Mm -hmm. there can be seasons where you fall into this, like, yeah, where they're somehow like subhuman or something. Like, oh, if you can't understand this or whatever. But 
I love that. That's so well, and when you, it's so true. It's scripturally you, true. Totally. <laughs> totally. And when you delight in children, it changes them. Mm. I mean, we could all, all probably think of someone who delighted in us, who really knew us and saw us as people, even when we were kids. Yeah. Um, so it ends up feeling like a family. I want it to be a graceful place. I always tell families when they're touring that education for us happens in the context of relationship. Mm-hmm. We are a relational school. So part of the philosophy of Charlotte Mason talked about the science of relations, that um, a big part of learning is the kid forming a relationship with what they're learning. Hmm. So whether they're learning about something in history or a bird or, you know, anything, we want them to form some type of relationship with that. But then there's also like the relationships with the teachers and the teachers to the students. Mm And um, there's just a really beautiful balance of a homey feeling and a school Mm -hmm. feeling. But we teach everything. We prepare them for middle school and high school and every school you can imagine in Birmingham that they've gone to. Um, And y'all have, you've launched some, Crestwood Day School's old enough now that there are people who have come through and are now in middle school, high school. Yes. Yes. Which is just crazy. Yeah. Which our very first student, which maybe we'll be getting to this, was Mm -hmm. Caroline Brooks when she was four. And she's graduating from high school this year. So that's unreal. I saw her prom pictures and I was like, what? I know. This is very bizarre. It is so bizarre. Uh, Yeah. um, So there was a a group of women that were reading these volumes. So have you, I mean, six volumes, like that sounds really intimidating. Like that's a lot. Like, yeah. How long did it even take you? Yeah. Like how long did it even take you to like go through this information? Because it's pretty dense right i'm still going through it okay i mean we have a monthly group now that meets which i always Mm -hmm. say like our school is a lifestyle like you are (laughs) choosing a certain lifestyle yeah of parenting your kids um this way of living your life as this way because part of our day is our days are shortened Mm because charlotte mason believed in shortened lessons so we're not Mm -hmm. having this like big 60 minute reading block or this you know we're kind of moving from thing to thing. And because they're born persons, what we're choosing to do with them is meaningful and purposeful. We're not doing busy work. Mm-hmm. We're exposing them to beautiful things. Um, so we have this monthly group that meets and we'll go through just like 10 pages at a time. Okay. Because like, there's so much there. Right. Um, which is a great thing. I'll, I can break down. You don't have to include yeah. all of this. Because <clears throat> really, I could talk about it for hours. One of the things that's been said about her philosophy is that education is an atmosphere, a discipline, and a life. Mm. So atmosphere is the first third. It's how it looks. So I want the place to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to the parent-teacher store and buying, like, primary colored things, which are great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've done that before. I love those posters. But it's the way it looks, the way it feels. She talked about the Holy Spirit should be a divine presence in the school. Like, the Holy Spirit is the divine teacher. Mm-hmm. ultimately the teachers are the stewards um and she also talked about which i love that there should be a gentle breeze of good humor as part of the a atmosphere so that i want flowing through our school yeah you know which i think is just an amazing thing um so that's atmosphere uh-huh. and i mean even think about like growing up the atmosphere of your school maybe yeah. it was a beautiful thing like that to charlotte mason and to me is a third of what school should be about is the atmosphere yeah it makes um, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So for it to have this warmth and to feel like, invited to feel comfortable. In, we want the place to be a safe place for kids mm-hmm. where they can be curious and wonder. And I get to see that every day. Like that legit happens every day. And it's beautiful. Um, then discipline is discipline of habits. Okay. So she talked about more than 60 habits. Almost like Whoa. laying down the rails is kind of an analogy that she uh-huh. used. 
habits from attention and remembering all the way to like Sabbath keeping is a habit. Okay. Um, so that's part of what so we're I doing. So I can with see the how these things come alongside scripturally of like, yes, spiritual disciplines. I right. mean, discipline. Yeah. yeah like yeah, totally. They just fall right in line. Yeah. Okay. And then Love life it. is she, what she meant by life is education as a life sustained on ideas. So one of the big things of our school is we're presenting ideas. She called it a feast. Mm-hmm. Like what we're choosing and like curating to present to the kids is this feast because they're born persons. They're made in the image of God. We need to be choosy. Like mm-hmm. what are we presenting to them as a mm-hmm. feast of learning? So it's not going to be dry facts from textbooks that are boring, written by a mm-hmm. group of people. It's going to be written by one person. If we're learning about history or a composer or an artist, it's from a book that like you and I would want to read. Okay. Um, if there's illustrations, even those should be beautiful. Um, Charlotte Mason oh. said we should be putting the best books in children's hands. Is it hard to find resources for stuff like this? You or know, like there's actually you... a lot out there. Okay. You'd be surprised. It's grown a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the school is 14 years old, and it, there's been a lot more that's that people are making to yeah. help homeschooling. There's a lot of Charlotte Mason homeschoolers, okay. but then there are Charlotte Mason schools all around the country. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, my picture of Charlotte Mason or not necessarily Charlotte Mason, but of Crestwood Day School is you used to keep a little blog yes, from Crestwood Day School. And I still use the scone recipe. Thank oh, you, Virginia yeah. Brasher. Mm-hmm. Thank that, you, Virginia. Yes. Yep. Um, but that was like an activity that y'all did together yeah. Yeah. was baking. Right. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. It's like this hands-on way of learning mm-hmm. and you're measuring and using numbers. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. I just, yeah. so like that is always my picture of like, the activities and the hands-on learning. That is part of it. A Mm -hmm. lot of that was because at that point it was in our home. Yeah. And so it was easy to like walk up from the basement and make some scones that Virginia Brasher gave this great recipe for. Yes, and Um, your little teacups and all of that. So baking still happens. Okay. It it might be a little, you know, it looks a little little bit different now now that we're not in our home. Um, All right, so let's back up. Yeah. Because if someone's listening to this, they're like, hold up, like you had a school in your home. Right. So... Let's go back to kind of the beginning of the beginnings. Mm-hmm. You did not graduate Samford and immediately walk into Crestwood Day School. No. There was a whole, how many years were you teaching in other settings? Yeah, so right after Samford, I got a job teaching in um, an over-the-mountain school district, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Should I say which one it is? I mean, sure. Okay. I didn't yeah. know if that would be weird. No. Um, I got a job teaching in Hoover. Mm-hmm. And taught there for five years, and it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I taught fourth grade for four years, first grade for one year. And while I was there, um, that's when Lauren invited me to these monthly meetings with these other moms. I was not a mom at, at the time, yeah. um, just kind of newly married. And I was feeling burnt out. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of educators are probably feeling that in uh, different ways. Especially this year. <laughs> yeah, this year for sure. Um, I did it to myself. I mean, I think if there, if there are any young teachers out there listening, like go home in 315, like just go home. Everything will be fine. Um, (laughs) I got burnout. I think, you know, looking back, what I was struggling with that I didn't realize quite at the time was philosophically, I was just having a hard time Mm -hmm. teaching the way that I was being asked to teach. Mm -hmm. And, and is that the way you were taught to teach as well? Like, I mean, is that kind of 
Yeah, probably. I mean, I think part of the frustration was I had just been to college. I'd been learning all these things. But then all of a sudden, they were telling me exactly what I had to do. Mm. Where at first, when I started working there, there was a lot more freedom. And me and other teachers would have book studies. And I was learning so much yeah. and was like loving it. But then over time with testing and data and all this stuff, which I understand in a large system, you have to have accountability. Yeah. Back then, I was just kind of frustrated. But yeah, now, now like, I totally understand yeah. as an administration, like what you have to do. Yeah. Um, but back then, I just I think part of my personality is I can't just let things go. Like I would lay in bed and think about mm. how the kids were doing, how they how they performed on the test. I wasn't able to just walk out at 315 and yeah. enjoy the day. Yeah. That just wasn't me then. Yeah. And so the pressure of it really got to me and I didn't like it anymore. And I think that's super relatable. I have several, several, several mm-hmm. teachers in my home group. And then, obvi- I mean, my mom was a teacher. Like, yeah. just feel like I'm around many. And I feel like that's just a common thing of yeah. like, there's this, I think the best teachers are the ones who care the most. Right. And so, yeah, it becomes really hard for a job to just be a job. Yeah. And I think, it's kind of never just a job. No. And I think teachers need self-care so like, that's such an mm-hmm. important thing. And I wasn't doing that. Yeah. Um, no one was really checking in with me about that. Not that anybody should have been, but it just was a hard time. Yeah. Um, and knew, like, kind of felt these little nudgings, these little, like, pricks of, I think I want to do something different. Mm-hmm. But I always known that I'd wanted to be a teacher. So this wasn't like a, I need a career change. No, but not more a career like change. Yeah. Something's just not fitting right. Right. There are three times in my life that I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. One I've already mentioned was Samford. Mm-hmm. The other is I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher or in education. And the other was marrying James. I knew mm-hmm. that I was supposed to marry him. So mm-hmm. those three. I didn't want a career change. But I did feel like what maybe this isn't the right philosophy for me. Uh-huh. I loved the school. And I, looking back, I can totally see why God had me there. I needed to learn curriculum. Like, yeah, I needed to learn how a school worked. I needed to do well, parent yeah, conferences. Especially now that you're yeah. an administrator, like right. you're having to do all those things. Yeah. Like looking back, Prep it's to you. funny. Yeah. So I needed those years. I needed to see what a teacher culture was like, mm-hmm. good and bad. Mm-hmm. And to what it looked like to communicate with parents, what it looked like to work with kids with totally different learning needs. Yeah. Um. I learned a ton and I needed that time. I'm so glad that I had those five years there. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking back overall, it was a really good and fruitful time. Yeah. But so then Lauren had been taking me to these monthly groups and I just fallen in love with the philosophy, told my principal that I was going to be leaving. So hold on. Yeah. You told your principal you're going to be leaving. Mm -hmm. Did you know at that point because we're I'm going to start? something different or was it kind of like a I don't know what I'm gonna do but like where right so Lauren had approached me about starting something with her daughter okay Caroline was four at the time and we live in Crestwood across the street across the street back then we did not we lived two streets over um and back then Crestwood was a really transient neighborhood there Mm -hmm. were not a lot of young families Mm -hmm. when kids turned four they moved over the mountain yeah and that still happens, of course, uh-huh. but there are a ton of families now, not because of Crestwood Day School, but I feel like partly there are just more options. There are. Yeah. So it wasn't like this big, like angels, 
you know, mm-hmm. singing and this like huge calling with light coming down. Ugh, wouldn't like, it be so cool oh, if it was? Man, though? that would have been so much easier. <laughs> a lot to easier, yeah. It was more <clears throat> start. It started more from a need, a need yeah. of our neighborhood, of providing another option for families to stay in Birmingham City. Mm-hmm. And so she asked if I would start something with Caroline, and then she knew two other families from the neighborhood who also had four-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And I had never taught four-year-olds before, but I was, like, so ready to do anything different. Anything. And to put into practice what I had been learning about this philosophy. So I said yes. And it's crazy to think back on that time. I think it's kindness from the Lord of, like, not remembering all the details of that because I do like to know what's going to happen as much as I can. Yeah. And to leave a job with a salary, with benefits. great benefits and insurance, yeah. all those things. So it was like a need of our community and just a step of faith, mm-hmm. just to listen to what God was possibly asking us to do. And by yeah. us, I mean me and James, because he was a part of that too. Um, and I think a big story of starting a school is just listening to God's voice, being quiet, and just taking the next right step, mm-hmm. little by little, like looking for those arrows, and it may not come down crashing down as this like big answer, or doors being opened or doors being closed. It's just taking the next right step and yeah. just taking it little by little. And so we turned our basement into a schoolroom and so sweet. did something. I think we did just like two or three days a week. Okay, starting that way, and I started implementing about you know all the philosophy stuff that I had been learning. And it was the most magical thing ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We would go on nature walks around the neighborhood. We would go upstairs and bake those scones. We would work in the garden. We planted a flower garden. Um, we would paint when it would rain. I'd open the door and windows, and they'd snuggle under a blanket, and I'd read from a chapter book. And mm-hmm. it was like a big exhale for me. Yeah. It was exactly what I needed. And I think I'd still be down in that basement with Caroline. As you're a like, senior in high yeah. school. You're like, snuggle up, Caroline. <laughs> I'm going to read. Me. I'm going to read to you. Yes. That um, was like totally up my alley. Like, I just loved, I loved it. Yeah. And, and I needed a break from what I had been doing. So what I'm hearing is a lot of like peace and joy mm-hmm. and refreshment yeah. in that season. Right. Because when I was thinking about just this conversation. hmm Maybe this is my personality. I just assumed there would have been like fear and anxiety and like, I don't know, just, yeah, like walking away from kind of a a more sure certain thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And because it was a risk. Right. I mean, like personally, it's a risk financially and all of that kind of stuff. But Yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you had never started a school before. No. And I think because it was so small, I think when people hear that you've started a school, Maybe they picture what it looks like right now with, yeah. with in 80, a larger building yeah. with 85 kids and 15 on staff. This started so small. It was you and three kids. Right. Yeah. And it was exactly what God knew that I needed and what those families needed. But also, there was plenty of worry. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I think I'm a huge, I'm a huge worrier. Like, mm-hmm. I think I've read most books on worry, fear, and anxiety. I mean... But I think that's a huge lesson from doing this sort of thing. I remember Joel back in college said something. I wrote it in my like old college Bible of worrying is not a lack of faith that God will provide, but it's a lack of faith that he's sufficient. Mm. And so I had to really cling to that during that time because 
yes, I started this thing with three kids, but then there's always the question of, well, what about the next year? What are we going to do the next year? So there's always. And how long did that that last? I mean, how long, how many years was it? Are you still like that? Of like, what's next year? Right. And we would always, I would always tell parents, like, I'm just taking it year by year. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I can't look any farther than that. I'm not this like big visionary person. I think in starting a school for anybody that may also want to start something like you need to think through what are your convictions for a school or for a business or whatever Mm -hmm. and really hone in on those and lean into them because you will have other people come with their ideas or questioning what you're doing. So I think I had convictions about I had just been teaching in a system that was so amazing and I'd learned a lot from. But I wanted to do something different philosophically. Mm-hmm. So like what were my convictions about what I wanted for a school? And was I willing to keep going and growing with that? Yeah. Um, and we just took it year by year. And, you know, Lauren Brooks was the start of our board, quote, unquote, <laughs> um, where we'd sit on her porch and she'd help me think through things. And yeah. um, James, of course, all the time. Uh, but just kind of took it year by year. Yeah. So how old really is do. it now? So now it's 14 years old. Oh my word. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um I I love what you were just talking about of like the convictions mm-hmm. because it reminds me of my conversation with Allison Ray where yeah. like in her like the goal setting mm-hmm. your intentions. Like, yeah, you're yeah. starting with this vision and right. this vision statement and your values and your intentions mm-hmm. and like kind of starting from this bigger, more philosophical. Yeah place before you hone in on the specifics of and this is what I'm going to do yeah that just makes so much sense I mean in all things right um but I'm imagining too like not just at the beginning but I'm sure Mm -hmm. forever and always I mean there are people with differing opinions yeah there are people who are like well does this align with this philosophy like right how has it been because I know you and Mm -hmm. I know like conflict confrontation you're like "Uh uh-uh right and I remember in your home group, that being like a prayer was like, yeah, as you're becoming more and more of an administrative role. Right. Totally. Taking those parent conferences or <sighs> taking the like difficult things. What, yeah. what has that been like? I mean, because you were very much so operating outside of your like natural wiring right. in those things. Well, so I'm a nine on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't like conflict. I feel like if anyone <laughs> just listened to you say mm-hmm. It rained and I got them to cozy up right. and I would read. <laughs> like, that is the picture yeah. of a nine right, right there. Man, yeah, that, that's why I miss it so much. <laughs> and you're like, and I loved it. Oh, man. Just brings so, me to a good place. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think. I think what's so funny about this. Okay, so I've mm-hmm. learned so many things from doing this. But like, yeah. two things I've recently learned in the past COVID year mm-hmm. and like just the last few years of school as we've grown. You have to have two things to do this. One is humility mm-hmm. and one is a really good sense of humor. So like <laughs> I have to be able to laugh about some of these things because my personality of not liking conflict and not really wanting to enter into, into mm-hmm. anybody's conflict, mm-hmm. not my own, not anybody's. Like I would rather avoid. Yeah. It's just funny that I've been placed by God mm-hmm. in a position of leadership and a place of creating something and a place of like continuing to cultivate and foster that whole environment is just really funny. 
mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. Um, like I have to have a sense of humor about it. But um, I was looking at one of the verses that I have really clung to and that I shared with the teachers through the years is from 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And so just going back to that sufficiency thing, like I have to come to a place of resting in sufficient in God's sufficiency or else I would lose my mind. Yeah. And I say that after 14 years of doing this, that there have been some really low lows of feeling like I didn't meet parents' expectations when I actually know I didn't meet their expectations mm-hmm. or I feel like I failed a kid in a certain way, like academically or emotionally mm-hmm. or Whatever it may be, like those hit me hard. And yeah. I think any changes in the school or when a family decides to go somewhere else, like I can't help but to take that personally. And I've really tried hard to grow in that area. But I think when you've started something, it's your baby. It is your baby. Yeah. And it's all consuming for me. Mm-hmm. But after going through the patterns of it over and over again, you start to you start to learn a little and you yeah. start to like open your hands more to trust that God's a good father who's taking really good care of you mm-hmm. and he knows what he's doing. And if he's given you a place of leadership or a platform, he's trusting in what you're doing. And like, you've got to cling to that. Yeah. So the worry part and the expectation part, I think will always be something that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Part of it is along the way of having really amazing people come and support you and be a community with you in it. Like, when you've got a Melissa Ritchie coming and using her gifts as a co-head of school now administratively with yes, financial. Yes, you know that um, she's going to be a guest on oh, the podcast. Great. I'm so pumped. Awesome. I'm so pumped. So yeah, um, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm just like knocking all the CDS doors, I guess. Totally, totally. <laughs> as you should, because there's amazing people there. Yeah. And like, that's the Lord, bringing different people to use their gifts, because I could not do this, obviously cannot do this on my own. Like, I am weak, but... In humbling myself and casting my cares on God, like he knows exactly what we need. Yeah. And through the years, it's been incredible to see how he's provided for the school. So like when I've worried about finding a teacher, which for me is one of the hardest things because. Mm -hmm. It's not just the teacher, but it's being, I mean, I'm imagining they have to be fairly aware of the Charlotte Mason philosophy and obviously any experience is even better. Philosophically, it's. Probably a paradigm. It has been a paradigm shift for when I've hired a girl out of Sanford. I'm like, okay, now I know that you just learned all that, but I actually want you to think differently about yeah. children. Do you know, yeah. like, or I know our hours don't work for everybody, mm-hmm. or I know this pay is not what you probably need to get by. Yeah, and I know we don't offer benefits. So, and every time I worry about finding a teacher, or when we needed to move locations mm-hmm. and we were praying for green space, or when we needed a certain amount of money when we were really struggling, like God provided. Every single time. Mm-hmm. Like there was a time we needed a chunk of money to help get by that year. And we got in the mail a check for the exact amount of that money. I love stories like that. And when we prayed for green space, we had moved to Third Prez, um, which is in like the UAB Southside area. It worked out that we got to move to this church in the Crestline area. Yeah. And it's got green space all around it. And, and that's where you currently are. That's where we currently are. So, mm-hmm. um, and he's brought teachers every single year so it's like year after year it's like okay stephanie Mm -hmm. okay he's showing how he really cares Mm -hmm. for you and cares for this school in a way that it's become like this ebenezer to me like 
God is amazing in what he's doing in this place. He's been so kind and good to this little school mm-hmm. that I have over time, like I said before, like really like unclenched my fingers to trust more in that he's he's in this yeah. and he's near and he's so good. Yeah. Um, so not to say have... that I'm not worrying right now about finding teachers for this fall. Oh, yeah. But it does feel different now. I know that it's going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, you have 14 years of experience right. to look back and go. I mean, when you were talking, I was thinking about the Egyptians wandering through the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, but what are what are we going to drink, God? And like, yeah. bam, smash a rock. Here's some water. Yeah. And it's like, well, what are we going to eat? Yeah. Like, manna falls down. You know, it's like every time mm-hmm. they wondered if God was going to be sufficient, yeah. wondered if this was how it all ended for them. Mm-hmm. Like, did you bring us out here to die? Right. God's like, I'm going to rain down manna. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to lead you. Right. I'm going to literally part the Red Sea mm-hmm. so that you can go through. Right. Um, and to just walk in obedience. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think part of walking in obedience for me, it's a process. And this has been 14 years and five years before that, like almost 20 years of being in education. Like I have to find God's presence in this process mm-hmm. and continually trying to seek his presence. And I've always said, like, my prayer for the school is like, Jesus, help me keep my eyes fixed on you. And to kind of keep that posture is everything. Yeah, It's everything. And that means like it doesn't go perfectly. And there's times where I'm like, Oops. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. this is really hard. <clears throat> but in our weakness, he's glorified and yeah. he's used a really weak person in myself to have this little beautiful school. I love it. Yeah. So tell me what does, like, what is a normal day at CDS now? Yes. Um. So now, well, it's another funny thing is I love teaching and now I don't teach anymore. Mm. Do you <laughs> I do miss get it? To, I do, but I do get to go in <clears throat> class and like do lessons okay. for you know, whenever a teacher needs help with something okay. or. Can you be on a, su- like, do y'all have sub lists? We do. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to be a sub? I mean, I have a job, <laughs> yeah. but you okay. know, maybe on Anyone maternity leave. Please, we need yeah. subs. Maybe on um, maternity leave, yeah, you know, totally. I'll have nothing else going on. Totally. On. You've got the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a typical day <laughs> now is I just help lead the school. Mm-hmm. And so I am there every day and I do think like, what does that mean? Like to yeah. lead the school? Is that like administrative, like mm-hmm. admin spreadsheet money stuff? Is that That would be discipline? more Melissa. Okay. Melissa would be more spreadsheet money registration, tuition. Tours. Kind of tours. I do all the tours. You do all the tours. Okay. I do, I, I do anything that involves the teachers, curriculum, philosophy, okay. students, student discipline, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, So a typical day is all over the place. There are days where I'm maybe going in to help teach a lesson or, Mm -hmm. you know, show, do a math lesson for a teacher. She might need help teaching a certain Mm -hmm. subject area. Or maybe I'm meeting with a teacher to talk through um, some curriculum stuff. And then maybe I'm meeting with a student who's having a hard time that day, Mm -hmm. Um, which I love all of those things. Yeah. Um, You know, when I always hate when there's not hate, but if there's a discipline issue, of course, that's of not course, like everyone's favorite thing. But for me, it is mm-hmm. an opportunity. And for us at our school, like as persons, we want to get to the heart of an issue and really um, hear and validate what they're feeling and what's going on, because there's always something behind the behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is why we asked you to lead 
the parenting class right, at Redeemer. Right. Which I do. I love all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So my love of like kids and their brains and their feelings and empathy and all these kinds of things, I love. And I yeah. get to use that every you day. You read so many books about that. I do. I do. Which is also, I've come to you like, what books should I read? There's so many good books. <laughs> um, and so, or maybe I'm sitting outside with the teachers at lunch and kind of mm-hmm. checking in with them or any type of issue that arises, like that comes up, I'm, I'm there. Mm-hmm. It might be. You're providing yeah, soul care. Yes. Soul care, academic care. We always say we're educating the whole child. You're, you're kind of like a, a pastor of the right. school. Like, Which is just, who are my again, leaders? Funny. Let me take care of them. Right. Who right. are my sheep? Let me shepherd. Right. I love it. Well, you know, part of being in a school before starting a school is you learn what the atmosphere can be like, mm-hmm. and it can become toxic. And so oh, yeah. I do want to foster and cultivate a beautiful environment for the teachers and for the kids. And that takes work. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. And I for sure don't do it perfectly by any means, but it takes daily work um, mm-hmm. to think through like what I want for the teachers and for our school and for these kids and for families that are entrusting us and paying us to yeah. provide an education that educates their whole child. So that just takes a lot of planning and work and the curriculum stuff I love. Um, so any given day, there's all sorts of things that are happening. Okay. Um, it might be there was a time when we were at third prez where one of the classes that, you know, a stomach bug just popped Oof. up and kids just start throwing up one after the other. So I'm doing all those things yeah. like it just you just never know. Yeah. And it, it like no day is the same. Right. OK. Right. And what's crazy is like even on the hard days, I was telling a teacher this earlier this year because this year has been really different. Mm-hmm. with COVID and we're such a relational school that I didn't want to lose that at our yeah. school. And we haven't, which is incredible. Um, but even on those hard days, I love being there. Mm-hmm. And what's so beautiful about our school is many teachers have said this, like our school is a respite for what's going on in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. Like it's a place of feeling safe and welcome and like happy yeah. to be in our building. When things around them or with their family or just personal things going on are hard. That is such a tremendous gift. Yeah. And I know you're going to melt into the floor when I say this, but that is something very uniquely that you bring. I mean, it's the reason why, you know, your home group Mm -hmm. has loved one another and been together as long as it has. It's the reason, you know, like. You know, you can always walk into James and Steph's house mm-hmm. and plop down on the couch. Right. And I'm just imagining, like, it's not like you cut that off when you walk out the door. Right. Like, yeah. fostering that same thing, because so many people, it's like, no, my job is the problem in yeah. my life. You yeah. know, so it's such a gift to be able to come in and just enjoy what you do and enjoy the people you work with. Because mm-hmm. um, it feels, it ends up feeling like family. Yeah. I mean, and... you spend so much time with Right. With one another, it's like, it'd be really great if we all enjoyed this. Yeah. You know, like, if we're going to spend this much time together. Right. Totally. We might as well enjoy it. And I think for the most part, we do. Yeah. Which is an awesome thing. Yeah. There was um, several of our kids have had, like, um, reading disabilities, and they've gone to an outside place for therapy. And I'll never forget one of the moms telling me that they were at this place for therapy. And the therapist was asking the kid, like, now, where do you go to school? And he said, Crestwood Day School. And she was like, oh. I know those kids. Those are the happy kids. Oh, And I was like, oh, that makes me so happy in my heart because that's what we're trying to do. Like there mm-hmm. are such pressures and expectations of life. Yeah. And to have and it's a, starting so early. Right. And to have a place where they love to learn mm-hmm. and they love to be there 
and feel known and loved is just the coolest thing to be a part yeah. of. Yeah. Um, so I'm not 100% sure when this is going to air. Yeah. But um, it is coming to the end of the school year. Right. Um, what advice would you give to parents mm-hmm. for... Maybe this was like a rough school year. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm sure for many kids it was a rough school year. Yeah. Even if, you know, if you're private school, homeschool, mm-hmm. public school, it's just a weird year. It has been, yeah. Um, what, what advice would you give for someone, like, just taking a summer? Like, what does summertime look like for you guys? Mm-hmm. What does summertime, you know, because this truly is, I mean, this is a break. Yeah. Like, you get a break from this more rigorous schooling schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How do you encourage people to spend summers? And then, you know, I feel like there's this like immense pressure too to like get ready for next fall, get right. ready for school. Right. You got to do all these things. You need to keep learning these things. Like, I don't know. Like, is that, is that true? Like, do we need to be like working mm-hmm. on our times tables? Right. I don't know. Like, no, no. <laughs> Like what, how, how would you encourage people to spend those summer months? I think first you Mm -hmm. would want to validate that this was a hard year. Like to tell, like to talk with your kid to be like, this was really different. Mm -hmm. And it was hard not seeing like our teachers and friends faces all day. Yeah. That was really hard. And it won't always be like that. And I think just as important as, as it is to celebrate and remember, I think it's just as important to rest. And so I think rest looks different for everybody, obviously. But for kids, I think that's probably play. Yeah. And so to let them just be and to be outside as much as possible, to read aloud to your kids. There's mm-hmm. so many great resources on um, being a family that reads aloud to your kids. Read aloud family. That's one of the books, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. Read aloud family, encouraged. which is a book that we give every family at our school. Mm-hmm. And there's um, a podcast that accompanies it. Yeah. The podcast is Read Aloud Revival. Ah, okay. So I think it's like, you just want to keep it simple. Sometimes as parents, we just put too many things on our kids mm-hmm. and on ourselves. Just take it simple and yeah. let them play. Let them be outside. Spend time together. Work on, like, just continue the relational part of it and just focus more on the family relationships mm-hmm. of being together and delighting in mm-hmm. your child. Because that's going to change them in a way that yeah. multiplication tables or... You know, certain yes. things like that are never going to do. Practicing letters. That's what we're doing in our house right, right now. Yeah. Practicing the letters. Right. Um, and like it, the pacing of all that. Like, yes. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. You know. I just, I really do think, I don't know, like I said, my kids are not in school, but mm-hmm. John has one more school year until he's in kindergarten. Right. And um, I don't know, like I already sometimes feel the like, well, before he goes to kindergarten, he needs to know mm-hmm. these things. Like, can he do this? Can right. he, I'm like, yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Like, on one hand, you know, I'm not going to just like abdicate all responsibility mm-hmm. and hopefully I won't send him to kindergarten right. not being able to. I'm sure John like, will be fine. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, there are like, there's a lot of pressure on yeah. parents. And I'm like, and he's four. Right. Right. I'm like, surely. Surely this isn't right. And what is the pressure? Where's the pressure coming from? I don't know. You should watch College Scandal on Netflix. Maybe that's where it's coming from. Okay. The prestigious college. Okay. You got to get. Yeah. You haven't watched College Scandal? No, never heard of it. 
Oh, stuff. Yeah. I honestly don't know if you need to watch it. Just okay. you're so like pure of heart and love education so much. I feel like it would break it would break your heart. Oh man. Well, I think like getting back to the why of mm-hmm. what we're doing, like right, what like, you want for John, what we want for our students. Is it to get into a good college? I think sure, sure. Like that's yeah. that's happy. But does that need to be the core? Like yeah driver right now i don't right. think so like i'm trying to like form his heart and his yeah. soul right like well and giving yeah. him beautiful things to feast on like books that are beautifully mm-hmm. written like children's books or like beautiful music to listen to or just outside playtime like yeah. those are things that are going to help form who he is mm-hmm. and building skills like empathy and forgiveness and yeah. all those kinds of things are just and those are lifelong important. like yeah. it's it's like we all know adults right. who like don't have social awareness. Yeah, I'm like, and what's the rush? I know. I know. What is the rush? Like, oh my word! <laughs> I feel that way about a lot of things. I'm yeah, like, uh, we'll get to that. Right, we'll get to that. Well, when families tour our school, they'll often ask, like, what do they need to know before kindergarten? Mm-hmm. And I'm often like, are you reading aloud to them? Great, mm-hmm. just keep doing that. Yeah, and the ones that have done all the practice, like our kids went to an awesome preschool and yeah. like knew all their letters and all that. Yeah. That's not really putting them that far ahead of any kid who spent lots of time at home with their Mm -hmm. family and was, you know, doing all sorts of just like outside play and, you know, things like that. They're going to end up in a similar spot. They're going to end up learning what they need to learn. Yeah, for Um, sure. So one thing that I was thinking about is that your oldest, Virginia, now goes to school. Is she first grade? First grade. First grade. Mm -hmm. What has that transition been like? Well, and Bennett's there too now. In Stop. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I guess my kid is four. He's not four. Bennett's not four anymore. He's yeah. in kindergarten. Yeah. So, so they're both there. So you went a long time where you were creating a school for other people's children. Right. And now Which I love your to children do. go there. Yeah. Has it changed at all? Um, I think it's made me really thankful. Mm-hmm. Because I get to see the school in a whole different way. Okay. I have an appreciation for the teachers that I had before, but it's even more deep now. Like there's a depth to it that I just am so thankful that my kids get to experience this school in this way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it is very unique. Um, It's more just affirmed of, affirmed the school. I knew the school was a special place, but now that my child gets to be there and in the mornings, I'm watching her sing the Bible songs mm-hmm. and, you know, retelling or narrating back what she's learning, which is a huge part of our school day. Um, and to just have the love of what they're learning about mm-hmm. is just so fun. And that I get to see it. Yeah. I get to be that parent that's because I always like before when they were in preschool, I was like, I wish I could like be there with them uh-huh. to some extent. Uh-huh. Um, I always want to like peek in the door. Yeah, you wish you could uh-huh. like peek in. Um, so do you peek in? Now? Oh, I totally peek in (laughs) and I just love that I have the privilege of doing that Mm -hmm. but that I get to see how much they love school yeah and to be in a relational school even when you're in kindergarten and first grade it's crazy to watch it in your own kids Mm -hmm. it's something that I don't take for granted for sure yeah I'm very thankful for those teachers I love it so 14 years later 14 years later what would you say like, what did the Lord teach you mm-hmm. or how did he grow you through yeah. this process? What would be like, I mean, you've talked about several things, but do you feel like there's like this one thing? Yeah. So I had to take notes on this part because okay. I kept thinking of things. I think 
<clears throat> we've already talked a little bit about this, but um, the worry and the fear part of it, I have definitely learned of being more mindful of what I'm like as a person. Like, mm-hmm. I have had to lean more into the conflict and the hard things and at the same time learned through that process of what I do as an escape to mm. avoid it because I'm constantly thrust into a position of not feeling like I am like, it's just not my natural bent yeah. to lead something is not what I would ever cho- like choose yeah. for myself. <laughs> so I'm like constantly living in this tension of, I feel like God's calling me to do this, but yet it's really hard for me. And it's a good place to be. No, I was just thinking like, I think so many people need to hear that mm-hmm. because it's like, there, there's, you know, I can talk about the Enneagram all day long. Right. Like, I love all the personality tests, that kind of stuff. Yes. But there can be this belief where it's kind of like, well, I'm a four, so therefore I can't do mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Right. Like, I'm a nine, yes. so therefore I can't do blank. Right. And it's like, God very well may call yeah. you into Even more some of reason those things. To do yeah. Those things. Like, let's grow in those areas. Because that's where you see <clears throat> Jesus glorified. Yeah. Like, when I'm on my knees because I feel inadequate, or I feel weak in that area, what a place to be. Yeah. That's where you see growth. Yeah. If not, you're going to always just kind of coast through life a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think I'm constantly in situations where I'm having to ask God, like, what do you think about this, God? Like, yeah. I can't do this on my own. And you are in this and you clearly have been doing amazing things in this place. Like, I need you to help yeah. me with this decision or, you know, as ever, however big or small it can be. But it really, it keeps you humble. Yeah. It keeps from that pride because, yeah, if you're only ever walking mm-hmm. in the things that you're naturally good at. Right. Probably like, man, I'm the best. Right. Like, I'm like, awesome. I'm never you know? thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I am never thinking that. Um, so the worry, fear is part, is part of it. Yeah. And then I think I've learned a ton on leadership. What does it look like to lead people well? Mm-hmm. Uh, We had Jim Doggett come years Mm -hmm. ago and talk with me, Melissa, and James, because James helps with a lot of the, like, administrative Uh businessy things. Uh And so the three of us do work together quite a lot. And he talked to me about conflict. And he told me to, like, think of conflict in a way of when I'm facing conflict, I am serving the team. So that really helped my reframe it for you. It helped reframe it in a way that because I'll do anything for this team. Mm-hmm. And even if that means go into hard conversations or hard situations, I'll do it for the team. I will mm-hmm. do it for this school. Um, and so that was really helpful. Um, and again, like I would never choose a leadership position, but I've grown to really love it. Mm-hmm. I think God has used it in a way in my life that has stretched me and grown me in ways that I would have never wanted to be grown in if that makes mm-hmm. sense because I wouldn't have placed myself in this position um but it's been it's been really good to lead the teachers and now the kids like I love yeah. I love to do what I do yeah um so there's the worry part the leadership part um and then I think learning a lot from how God weaves stories together Like the way that he's brought different teachers to the school or different people who aren't even necessarily involved in the school, but who do things for the school is just so kind. Yeah. I mean, bringing a person like Nikki Kittner 
to the mm-hmm. school. She was the second teacher that I ever hired and is now like family. Yeah. Um, or even little things like young Ben would make these music videos of our oh, school every year. Yeah. Like he didn't have to do that. Yeah. Joel Busby has come four times this year because he wanted to encourage our teachers. He has no connection to our school. Yeah. It's just cool to see like, oh God, you are so creative mm-hmm. in the small things of our school where you're just showering your kindness in a way that we're, we're it's hard to not just be in awe of what he's doing. Yeah. It's very obvious yeah. that he's at work. So I love it. the relationships are a cool thing. Um, and just to trust more and more because he is sufficient. And like um, Lindsay said this past Sunday when she shared her testimony, yes. she was like, God is enough, but he's also everything. Like mm-hmm. that really struck with me because like he is enough and day to day sometimes in the workplace or at home or wherever we have, like he gives us every single thing that we need and he's enough. He's more than enough, but he's everything to what we're doing and in every part of what we're doing. Um, like that verse that I read earlier, like he's in all things you know, in mm-hmm. all areas, the grace abounds in all of it. And his sufficiency is, is enough. And it's it. learning to rest in that has taken a long time, mm-hmm. but it's very freeing. For sure. And gives me a sense of security and safety in a way that I'm just excited for what's ahead. Yeah. So that's so. There's so many other things that I've learned along the way, but those would be kind of the the main the main ones yeah yeah um so with that i think this will probably be my last question what kind of hopes and dreams do you have Mm -hmm. for the school going forward so you know like i said earlier i'm not like this visionary person that likes to look to the future Mm -hmm. that's not my personality but i think when i hope and pray for the school emotional about it no big deal (laughs) edit that out no no it makes you real um (laughs) i think i've learned like jesus is the biggest dream giver there is Mm. and that's so inspiring and encouraging there is nothing that he can't do and i think oftentimes we settle and i don't want to settle for less than what he's giving. Like mm-hmm. he has invited us into so much in this school, in our lives. Yeah. And I don't want to settle. And I know he can do anything. So really my hope is that my hands would be open to it. Mm-hmm. That my fear of what's ahead of the work, maybe that's involved yeah. of the control that I want to keep over everything that I would just loosen my grips and have open hands to what he through his spirit is going to do at the school because still 14 years in we are taking it year by year in 10 years will i be at the school i sure hope so i'd love to be but who knows what the school will look like is it going to be different is it going to be in a different place i don't know and that's exciting yeah and so i just want to trust in what he has for the school because it's his it's a gift and we just want to be good stewards of it Mm -hmm. We learned this song a couple years ago. There's a Rainfruit song called Of the Lord's Prayer uh-huh. that Sandra McCracken sings. And there are certain songs, like every year, God will just give me this song that I'm, I'll listen to on the way to school that ends mm-hmm. up being like a, a, a theme like for a the mantra. year, whether I yeah. needed it, whether I knew I needed that yeah. song or not. It's just funny. Um, 
And for since we learned this song, he will bring to mind these last three lines of it. And it's, you are in charge. You can do anything. You are beautiful. And so I want to keep singing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I never want to stop singing that. Because he is in charge through the weakness of myself and all these people that are involved in the, the school that make it what it is. Yeah. I want him to be glorified. I want the kids to enjoy him and to glorify him forever. That is the why of what we're after. Right. That is not easy to do, but I don't want to stop mm-hmm. exalting his name and declaring that he's the one in charge and that he can do anything. And what he chooses to do, I want to be obedient and hopefully bear fruit in that, like keep yeah. walking in that obedience to continue to find him in that process and to um, keep my eyes fixed on him. and then to just look at his beauty and to be mm-hmm. awed by it and for it to bring me to my knees again and again. And hopefully that the kids will see that as well. So. I mean, don't they always say more is more is caught than taught? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Like yeah. if your co-head of school is believing that mm-hmm. and your teachers are believing that, it's like those 85 kids yeah. are in a perfect atmosphere to learn about Christ. Right. And right. um it's like beautiful. Yeah. I can't. Well, and I think too like <clears throat> everybody's in a different situation. Right. We're in different neighborhoods. Our kids need different things. Mm-hmm. They are born in the image of God. They are persons. They are different. God has made them that way. And so I think like wherever you are, I just encourage, you know, parents out there, what does it look like to educate your child relationally? That doesn't Mm -hmm. have to happen at Crestwood Day School. Of course, I love Crestwood Day School. Yeah. (laughs) But, and Crestwood Day School started for children that live in Birmingham City, but we have children from every single system that Mm -hmm. are at our school because that's what those families needed. Yeah. But I think for you, for other families, for other teachers out there, what does it look like for you to teach relationally or to educate relationally or to parent relationally? Because it always goes back to relationships. Does that maybe look like in your community, the sports that your kid is playing yeah. and there's relationships being built there or outside of school, what are you doing in your home that could foster a love of learning that maybe is a little bit harder to come by during mm-hmm. the school day? Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of things that I feel like we can be asking the Lord to kind of show us in our own family unit, what it looks like to live relationally yeah. and to educate and to parent relationally. I love that you brought that up because I think you know, so for Josh and I, I mm-hmm. mean, growing up in a smaller town, like schooling options like that, that does not exist. Mm-hmm. Like there is a larger public school and pretty much everyone went there unless yeah. you homeschooled. And so I think, you know, moving to Birmingham and now especially being parents, there's this whole world yeah. of schooling options. Right. And I know so many people who are like weighing all of the different options. And I think what you spoke is true freedom Mm -hmm. for those people it's like seek the lord Mm -hmm. know your family your child and what they need and like yeah like that might mean crestwood day school Mm -hmm. that also might mean something else but we can continue to foster these relationships and this love of learning Mm -hmm. in a variety of different ways i just like I said, I, I think for Josh and I, not growing up in a scenario mm-hmm. where there were like actual like school options, it's a very new thing for us. And right. so it's very overwhelming in Birmingham. It, it 
is. And, and I know I'm, in other places, but it feels very overwhelming. Yeah, overwhelming and it's like here. a yearly thing. Yeah. A yearly thing of like, is, are we staying with school or are we right. going somewhere else? You know, and right. that could just be like overwhelming. Yeah. And just hearing, like I said, the freedom that mm-hmm. you've offered of like, this can be done in a variety of ways. Yeah. Um, and in a variety of places. Yeah. Um, and those relationships can be formed on the ball field mm-hmm. or in the classroom yeah. or here, you know. Yeah, I mean, God works in such big and small ways. Yeah. And I love those small everyday things of mm-hmm. life where we see God. Like, mm-hmm. So maybe I just encourage people to like just keep listening, you know, to be still, to be quiet, to listen to what God is, the path that he's kind of forging for your family. Because mm-hmm. um, it may change. But he has you where he has you. Yeah. And um, there's so many amazing options for education here in Birmingham. Um, but to grow a community and to grow relationships mm-hmm. can look so different and so beautiful in different mm-hmm. areas of the city. So I said I was done asking questions, but I have another yeah. one. What would you say to, you know, it, I mean, at least at your school, you mm-hmm. are working to develop this culture for your teachers mm-hmm. and a healthy, fun environment. Yeah. Not every school has someone kind of with their finger on that pulse. Right. As a maybe a, a teacher mm-hmm. in a public school or a different private school or whatever, what are things that as like just an individual teacher you can do to mm-hmm. help foster that kind of environment? Yeah. For your team, your coworkers, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's a good question, Paige. I think it always starts with ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And teachers have to find some sort of self-care so that they have the energy and the like renewed strength to like put some time into those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I think making relationships with other teachers and finding ways of like after school, let's go sit outside on some lawn chairs and, you know, like just chat or something like that. I think finding relationships at your school is always a good thing. It can Mm -hmm. be hard sometimes. It can. Yeah. Um, And I think with kids, it's like, it can be those, that joke that you share with a kid or a Mm -hmm. book that y'all are all enjoying together, like these shared moments help create a community in the classroom that feels special and unique. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what you could do with other teachers. I think like our teachers will get together. One of our teacher meetings once a month is having a time of prayer for just what's going Mm -hmm. on in our own lives. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think teachers need to feel first cared for by their administration and by other teachers. Um, So when you're truly investing in asking another teacher, like, how's it going or praying for them or leaving a little note for them, Mm -hmm. you know, to think if someone were doing that for you, just to feel that encouragement, I think is huge. Yeah. Because as a teacher, sometimes you just need those little things. Yeah. You know, the little things really do make a difference. the little pick me up. Yeah. 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 When, you know, like you were saying earlier, I just think, you spend so much time at this place mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, working to develop relationships with your coworkers. Yeah. Um, it's going to obviously it, it could it's going to benefit you. But yeah. also, yeah, like it just builds into this team culture. Right. Um, yeah. I remember I taught one faithful year. Do you remember, did you know this about me? Right out of college. Wait, we, come again? Uh, uh, yeah. I'm forgetting this. I was a kid. I was a kindergarten teacher's aide. Let me rephrase. I was oh, a teacher's aide okay. Okay. in kindergarten. I'm sure you've told me that before. I'm forgetting it was, this. I mean, I love Redeemer and all, yeah. but like, it was definitely the most fun job I've ever had. 
I came home with a story like every single day. I loved the crafts. I was in charge totally. of decorating the door. Right. It was wonderful. Oh I was like Pinteresting yeah. door decorations. Oh, man. Um, I bet that Dr. Seuss week was a big week for you. Oh, it was. It? Yeah. Oh, it was. I loved the fall. I did like a little scarecrow thing. I, I like crinkled that. the hair, like crinkled the paper for the hair. Um, but anyways, um, it was it was so fun. But that was something that I picked up on is just... Yeah, I mean, in a split mm-hmm. second, the culture can go from that of a family to like toxic. Yeah, like in in a it's split second. Crazy, and, yes. And I saw so many like faithful teachers, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, a, a lot of them were believers, mm-hmm. like who were constantly pouring out into the teacher relationship, yeah. like yeah. going on walks after school right, right. or, Hey, I'm going to order food for lunch today. Who wants in yeah. like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, just building camaraderie right. was huge. I think too, just showing generosity as a teacher to other mm-hmm. teachers for whatever reason, I don't know why there is sometimes in a teacher mm-hmm. culture of not sharing things. Yeah. Like I've planned like this that. and I'm not going to share. I'm, yeah. I've, but I've I always think been confused by that. Any teachers out there listening, like be generous in a simple thing as your plans or your curriculum like that to me shows the depth of um like uh, what you're willing to do for other teachers and like other children yeah if you've planned it and you think it's good yeah or like let's work on this thing together you know that could be really fun and um i think that's always a good thing too because that just helps bring people together instead of like people like i'm just gonna close my door and do my thing yeah like sectioning off yeah Um, that truly was my last question. Okay. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I know. It's I, okay if you had more. I'm like, okay. I kind of do that almost every time. I'm like, yeah, last question. Wait, wait, wait. Right. No, one more. Yeah, just one more. Um, one more. Seriously, this was so great. And yeah. like, you like know. I said, as a parent, I'm encouraged. As just like a member of this church, knowing that CDS is one of our ministry partners, like that's 85 little souls that you guys are shepherding. And well, I'm and so I excited. It's fun to reflect back on it of what God's been doing and the mm-hmm. people that he's brought Starting with a Lauren Brooks mm-hmm. and for her to be so generous in her time and prayer and all these people um, that have come alongside the school 14 years ago to now mm-hmm. is a really beautiful and humbling thing. And I'm glad I'm always glad to get to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thank you. Yeah. And I mean, so if anyone did want to, I mean, I mean, your school, you have. Mm-hmm your ongoing needs and that kind of stuff. Is right. there ways for people to partner with CDS or like yeah. ways to give or so there ways? You can always go to our website. Yeah. Crestwooddayschool.org. We normally have, we haven't been able to do it the past mm-hmm. two years because of COVID, but we will have it next spring. Beham uh, Burger willing, Battle. The Beham Burger Battle. Yes. And that's our biggest fundraiser for the year. Yeah. The majority of our students, a large majority of our families do receive financial aid and we don't get that financial, like it's not made up somewhere mm-hmm. else. Like we just raise the funds. We need to raise yeah. the funds. And so we would love for anybody to come and be a part volunteer at the Bee Hamburger mm-hmm. Battle. And y'all do an auction. So anyone who auction. does goods or services. Yeah. And normally when it's not a COVID year, like I love for people to come in and read to the kids or yeah. maybe help in the garden. Or we like, again, like this is a story of people coming alongside the school. Like we have a parent who does PE. Or teaches music or does an Mm -hmm. art lesson. Like all those things. Like I am always up for anybody wanting to help in those ways. Or sub. Yeah. Yeah. So go away, COVID. Yes. So that more people can come in. I think so. I think next year is going to be. A little different. A little different. I'm ready for it. 
I hope so. Um, Well, thanks a lot. Thanks, Paige. You're the best.